Who's the most expendable one in Expendables 2? Are the kids in Glee really younger than Mr. Shoe? We've had complaints from freaks. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And the nature of these freaks, uh, freakishness, is about our pronunciation last week of the substance muesli. Okay, good. I thought it might actually be about the content of what we're saying, which does verge on the disgusting far more frequently than I would like. That is much less offensive than us saying muesli. Yeah, saying food stuff's slightly wrong. What do they want us to say, muesli? I've never heard any sentient being say muesli. If we'd have done the whole section about muesli, yes, that's how I say it, kids. Muesli, muesli, muesli. I say muesli, muesli, muesli. We'd sound like David Starkey That's what it's called. Yeah, but it's just wrong, isn't it? It's like when people say issue. Lord Coe says that. Sexual. The receptionist at uh, my GP surgery says urine. Who says that? (laughs) That's wrong as well. I don't even care. In fact, I'm going to start mispronouncing other words just to irritate you listeners. Tuna. Yeah. (laughs) American listeners are going to be fine with that, actually. Me too. I'm going to start mispronouncing things as well. This is from Jen from Wisconsin, who says, thank you. Uh, I was just listening to podcast 222. One month later, joke still works. And... (laughs) Uh, Ollie asked if anyone in America actually eats from a trough. I did ask that, Jen, yes, but it was largely a rhetorical question. He wanted to know on uh, his next American road trip where he should go for the trough scoff. I should have really learned after five and a half years of looking up questions and answers on the internet that uh, if a question can be asked, it cannot be rhetorical. (laughs) Um, Because uh, Jen comes in with this feedback. When I was a child, my mother would do something similar for my birthday. We'd invite children over... Clean the table well. That is a fun party, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Children, get your cloths ready. <laughs> then scoop ice cream directly onto the table. Whoa. And put syrups and toppings and jimmies on it. What's a jimmy? I thought that was the slang for date rape drug. Uh, we went directly at the ice cream with our spoons from the trough. It was fun and certainly memorable. I'm, in fact, uh, having false memory syndrome now. God, childhood was brilliant. (laughs) Remember when we all ate ice cream directly off the table, sprinkled with jimmies? I'm a bit dubious of the idea of ice cream all over the table. It looks great when it's going on. Once it's all melted into the custards and you all feel a bit sick because you've had so much, then it's just an unholy mess. Yeah, but I have got the brand name for it. McSlurry. Oh my god It's almost worth doing now isn't it (laughs) Here is a question from Chris from Dunoon in Scotland And he says Last October during a drunken night out I dislocated my shoulder by falling over a tiny, tiny wall. (laughs) (laughs) This is it, isn't it? Listeners who haven't listened to our work from early 2010 might not recall, uh, but I dislocated my shoulder... By falling over tiny, tiny nothing. But yeah, I was able to say I had a skiing injury, but actually I fell over whilst waiting for my first skiing lesson to begin. It was an injury in the context of skiing. You tripped over your own stupidity, didn't you? (laughs) Essentially. And it is so annoying because you want to tell people that you have this battle scar by, I don't know, defending some vulnerable village child from a terrible racist thug. Yeah, or rescuing a goat from a well. Yeah, but actually just falling over a tiny wall because you're a bit pissed. It's just not fun. Anyway, Chris says, Thanks to this accident, I did nerve damage to the shoulder, resulting in several operations, the most recent of which has meant my arm has been in a sling since... I'm going to say, there is a positive to this situation, Chris. Smelly which it... armpit? No, well, yeah, oh God, that's not a positive. <laughs> you do get to learn your own smell, though, which is educational. And you do get to appreciate your other armpit more. Yeah, absolutely. You don't realise how... 
clean you are yeah. until you've done that. Uh, no, what I was going to say the positive is it does give you an excuse to be a bit lazy in the bedroom, which, you know, actually, <laughs> you know, oh. once in a while, I'm, you know, every man would like the excuse. Yeah, not to make the bed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, he says, with my arm completely immobilised, I started looking for new TV shows to watch and came across New Girl. Yeah. Yes. Put the fan in the room. <laughs> what? I haven't started watching it yet, says Chris, as frankly... It looks a bit shit. Yeah. Are you just going to sit there and take that, Martin? <laughs> Screw this guy. However, it does star Zoe Deschanel. There we go. So answer me this, Ollie. Is it acceptable to start watching a TV show I think will be rubbish just because I fancy the main character? Uh, yes. I don't think I've ever fancied the star of a show. So, like, mm. I really fancied Katie Holmes in Dawson's Creek when I was 16. Yeah. I only knew that you because... <laughs> you didn't fancy Dawson. <laughs> I only knew that because... I wanted to watch Dawson's Creek anyway because everyone was talking about it at school mm. and then I learnt from watching it that I fancy Katie Holmes. I've never been in a situation where I've thought, well, she's oh, a, she looks She's available fit. now. Yeah, I've, yeah, I don't know. A bit of a poison chalice now though, isn't it? <laughs> what are you saying about her stinking vagina? <laughs> no, I'm saying Scientologist poison chalices. It's well known. Um, so I've never been in exactly the situation, but yes, I'm sure plenty of people watch. I mean, the whole Hollywood industry is based on the fact that people often go and see entire films because it's got someone in it who they quite fancy even yeah. if they know nothing about the plot and all the money's been spent on the star and there isn't even a script you have to spend so much time in the company of the show that i think after about 10 minutes it would actually make you go off that person that you fancied that's mm. the danger in fact i'd rather not see somebody that i had a crush on in uh, some kind of tv serial that was bad because mm. i don't want to associate them with that heap of oh, shit. yeah i was so disappointed when carl mcclockland did sex in the city but Actually, I think New Girl is a grower. I think the first couple of episodes were a, were a bit ropey and then some jokes start to happen. And actually, Zoe Deschanel's character gets marginalised as the other characters get a lot more interesting. And yeah. that's, that's quite a good thing because the character's a bit thin. Yeah. OK, but when you're watching with the sound down, I imagine it's a bit difficult to follow the plot. It doesn't, well, Martin's <laughs> humping the television so he can't even see. <laughs> a question of food now from Andrew, uh, who says, Helen, answer me this. How can I make a faultless carbonara? More specifically... What is your brother Andy Zaltzman's recipe for the same? Oh, Why is he asking that? My, His recipe's full of shit. My brother is a real carbonara braggart, and uh, mm. he trumpets his amazing carbonara recipe. I've had it. His secret, okay, is adding a tot of sherry. That makes the pancetta taste like pepperami. So I do not recommend it. It's disgusting. It also sounds like what an alcoholic would do. <laughs> doesn't, he have, doesn't he put peas in his carbonara? Oh, he'll put anything in there. A purist would have only um, pancetta and egg, wouldn't they? Possibly not even cream. Carbonara is a very minimal dish. Yeah, but the, the standard recipe, you know, I mean, if you were looking to like a non-frilly kind of cookbook, Delia's recipe for yeah. carbonara, yeah. it does involve a lot of cream, eggs. Is there cheese as well? well I'd, I'd add uh, parmesan. Oh, God. I mean, I made oh, it once. Good. And it was, it was nice, but I just didn't realise that what I was eating when I was eating what feels like a relatively light dish is actually basically an English breakfast mixed into pasta. Well, Andrew continues, My wife and I greatly enjoy Italian food, but whenever I make it, I get lots of small eggy bits like omelette. Well, that sounds mm. to me like uh, maybe your pan is a little bit hot because it's meant to cook into a kind of uh, silky smoothness by the heat of the pasta after draining it, which is why speed is of the essence. But I think you don't want to really be cooking it for longer than 20 or 30 seconds so, so max. hold on is your basic recipe then the same as andy's but without the sherry pancetta pasta egg cream, cream yeah black pepper lots of black, of black pepper. pepper lots and lots of black pepper I, I would add parmesan as well otherwise i think it's a little bit bland yeah yeah and uh, that's it 
Yeah. What's interesting is there's all these pasta sauces, aren't there? From from pesto to bolognese to napolitan, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I've never really seen a convincing jarred carbonara sauce. Oh, it's well, awful. They're yeah. awful. Yeah, but they're awful in a way that the others aren't. But that is because it's mostly egg. And yeah. so you're getting a jar full of egg. egg. Yeah. yeah. You can't really save time on a carbonara by buying it because it's a very quick dish anyway. It was yeah. invented by the carbonari and they could cook it in the streets when they were doing street wars in Florence. Good fact. Hi, it's Imogen calling from Richmond. Um, I'm renting a house with 17 friends for a week and they're talking about spending what seems like far too much money on food and drink and I am not so keen on this because I'm both trying to save money and also trying to diet but it's been made very clear to me uh, in the group that we are planning to, everyone has agreed to split the bills completely equally um, and for anyone to disagree would be completely bitchy. Um, So Helen and Ollie, answer me this. Should I try and say that I don't want to eat as much or drink as much of the food, therefore I shouldn't have to pay as much or just pay lots of money, not eat very much? and come grovelling to my parents after the holiday. Well, it's a bit late, isn't it? You've agreed to these uh, socialist rules of the holiday, haven't you? You said yourself, everyone has agreed. You're all going to split the bills equally, so you really have to do that. You don't want to be that dick that is going to ruin the uh, communal aspect of the holiday. And it's your fault for agreeing to do something with 17 other people. Yeah, if it was five people, it'd be fairly easy to be like, oh, we'll we'll work out the bills, Mm. wouldn't it? Yeah, in a group of 17 as well, you really don't want to be the person who's like, well, actually, I didn't have the ice cubes. I mean, (laughs) you're dividing a bill by quite a large number there. It's not going to come to that much compared to what it would if you were there with four people. Actually, you make a good point because the difference made by you asking them to cut back the expenditure once divided by 18... Yeah is not going to be significant enough. You probably save yourself 15 quid. Yeah, 15 quid is not worth being that level of a dick. Plus, you're from Richmond, you sound a bit posh, your parents can probably afford it. I think you'll be absolutely <laughs> fine. I mean, the thing is, you're on holiday, get into the summer spirit. Yes. Yeah, so you know, you- stop thinking, oh, I'm on a diet. Don't be on a diet. Go on holiday for two weeks. That's the point of a holiday. I remember going on school trips when I was, say, 12, 13, and my parents would give me spending money for the trip, and I'd often go back with 75% of that spending money intact. Mm-hmm. That was stupid, I thought they'd be pleased, but really, this was my only bit of the year when I had the license to buy frivolous crap. And so, did you actually give it back to them? Yeah. What? Did you, but did, and did they take it? <laughs> well, my parents weren't going to waste money. They weren't going to rip it up in front of my face, going, ah, you could have spent it on ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> also, Imogen, there are so many ways that you could make your money back on your holiday. Oh, what, by running a poker syndicate or something? Discover a yet-to-be-imported condiment or sauce from that country mm. and be the next Levi Roots. What if they're having a holiday in Britain? <sighs> where's, where's the mysterious condiment going to be? <laughs> Another kind of sauce comes from Worcestershire. I refuse to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Let Herefordshire have a go, Worcestershire. Pull your neck in. Enter the Knobbly Knees competition. <laughs> Depends where they're going. Film. If they've gone to uh, Lords, I'd imagine there are a lot of people there with Knobbly Knees that they're trying to get cured by St Bernadette. I got a question. Email your question to answer me this podcast at googlemail.com and submit this podcast at googlemail.com and submit this podcast at googlemail.com and submit this podcast at googlemail.com 
I want you to know, Helen, that this next section is entirely your fault. Really? Yes. Why is everything my fault? Uh, well, that's a broader question. But uh, last week, you invited our audience to indiscreetly Share. overshare yeah, I did. details of their relationships and their private lives. Yeah. Well, that chicken has certainly come home to roost. <laughs> <laughs> because this is a landmark moment on Answer Me This. Our first ever question from a man whose penis I have seen. <laughs> um, what, even that guy that wrote in saying, I've stapled my balls to the Keith and the Girl book. And yeah, because we only saw do. his balls, didn't we? Yeah. And so his testicles. He taped his penis out the way, I he think. He had, yeah, in a really strange sort of hammer. Too much preparation for an impromptu prank. The question comes from Anonymous in California. Why would they hide their name? Yeah, well, <laughs> as, as we're about to discover, they're not all that anonymous. Uh, who says, Helen... I have a wicked quandary for you. Is it about whether it's worth getting tickets to see Wicked? It's not. It's very far from the innocence of that oh, question. good, because I wouldn't know how to answer that. I've never seen it. Yesterday, he says, I was on the internet researching my doctoral thesis on things I like to wank off to. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny how Americans use the word wank now? Yeah. That used to, in a tag on a porn video online, that meant this is a British video. I wonder whether he's translated what he would normally say into language he thinks we can understand. Probably, probably jacks off. Or, or jerks off. Well, this is it. But you see, now I think Brits are just as likely to jerk off and the Yanks are just as likely to wank. Yank wank. <laughs> Yank wank. Uh, anyway, I made a most disturbing discovery. It was an undated video of myself Uh-oh. and a former lover from about five years ago engaging in hot sex for a sultry six minutes. Okay, well, that's the kind of thing that you would have done with an ex-lover. I thought you were going to say it was us stabbing a pig to death and really enjoying it. (laughs) Also, you know, six minutes, that's uh, beating my sex record by about five and a half minutes. It's your cumulative sex record of your entire life. Uh, He says, this is a video I do not remember ever being made. Which is the Carly Rae Jepsen defence. In the interest of research, I should say, listeners, by the way, we've seen it. (laughs) And all I'm saying is it's a very solid performance. Good lighting. Not very well shot. The camera angle isn't very flattering. Oh, I thought it was quite romantic, actually. Yeah, well, you know, it builds to a nice climax. They both come together and then there's a little kiss, which is nice, isn't yeah. it? It was textbook. Right. Let's say yes, that. Yes, yes. Yeah. Anyway, to be fair, he says, I cannot say with 100% certainty that it is us. I don't know how, because you can see your face in it. Like, either and that's you penis. or it's not. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't recognise my own penis from that angle. Probably recognise your girlfriend's side boob, wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, also, noises, behaviours, etc. are consistent with my memory. So They're I'm pretty, pretty consistent damn... with normal people doing it, aren't well, they? Well, this is it. They're yeah. fairly conventional noises and behaviours, I would argue. You don't moo or anything. <laughs> There's Cav- not even any applause. <laughs> <laughs> uh, caveat. Nothing about the room is familiar to me. Apart from the girl, presumably. Uh, though I dated the lady in question for two years... So there are many rooms to account for. That you filmed yourself having sex in? Yeah, well, this is what I find extraordinary about this. Like, surely you remember the moment at which you filmed it. Well, Maybe you go- not. Maybe it was they did that every time and it became just commonplace. It's like sometimes when you're in the shower and you can't remember whether you've uh, shampooed your hair or not because when you're in the shower, it's such a... That's just what you do. Yeah, it's just routine. And then you think, hang on. I can't actually remember whether I've done my routine that I've done every every day for yeah, 30 years. Yeah, you can't remember if you've showered your hair. You can't remember if you turn around to the webcam built into the wall and stuck your finger up your ass. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I can't remember. Yeah, it's hard to remember, isn't it, this sort of thing? Commonplace. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 
Uh, also, Work a day. <laughs> also, he says, the video is edited. Uh, you don't see anyone turn the camera on or off. That's right, because that's not what people whack off do usually. That's right. Uh, all of our amateur porn, he says, from that period, so suggesting that he, he did actually make some, mm. uh, begins with the camera being turned on uh, and ends with it being turned off. Ring a ding ding. Uh, probably end with me being turned off as well. <laughs> um, I don't know how to edit video, and I doubt she does either. But she might have learnt in the last five years, mm. as could you. A child could do it now. The technology has become very much more accessible. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think it's much of an alibi. Now, Helen, answer me this. What am I to do with this information? Share it on our podcast, obviously. <laughs> You've already done it. Well um, done. <laughs> I'm not particularly concerned about the video being on the web. Why not? Obviously. Weirdo. Uh, it actually seems like appropriate cosmic justice for how many times <laughs> I've masturbated to strangers on the web. Well, that's, that's very, that's very attitude, generous, isn't it? Yeah. isn't it? I think it's an interesting idea. Imagine if there was a system where for every video you whacked off to, or as they now say in the States, wanked off to, someone, just one, saw a video of you doing that act. Yeah. That would change people's attitudes, wouldn't they? They wouldn't click mm. through so rapidly. Oh, it's like if uh, everybody who listened to us doing this podcast sent us a podcast they had made we'd probably stop doing this podcast. Yeah, I think, I think that's probably true. And, and, and although I think there are times where we're quite self-indulgent, I wouldn't compare even our early work to the sound of us wanking. But I see your point. Um, anyway, he continues, I'm not planning on running for Congress. Well, you don't know yet, do you? Well, this is the thing, isn't it? And come back to bite you years and years later. This has already been five years. Actually, by the time he's considering running for Congress, this will be an asset in his campaign. Yeah, by the time he's planning on running for Congress, they'll be running anti the other guy videos where you see him prematurely ejaculating. Yeah, with his <laughs> tiny Romney penis. can't even go for more than three minutes. Mitt, Mitt Romney could not affect a, an easy flip such as Anonymous from California manages in Barack his six-minute video. <laughs> Barack Obama was thinking about war crimes during this humping. Um, but the mystery of it, he says, sticks in my craw. Uh, where was this video made? By whom? Well, by you, from the looks of it. It doesn't seem like anyone else is there. It's static camera. Why was it uploaded to the internet in April, five years after the fact? Um, well, I'd like to know uh, what format you made the video in and therefore could it have fallen into somebody else's hands, either well, digitally or as a physical, old-fashioned format. But he's saying that he doesn't remember making the video at all but that when he did make videos, it started with him turning on the camera. Mm. Five years ago, yeah. that would suggest to me mini-DV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So someone else maybe Someone could have just, found the yeah, tape. Yeah. Yeah, and edited out the turning on, because as we said, not yeah. all that fascinating. Nah. Uh, the only person I can ask is my ex, and we're still on good terms. Yay! You um, look like you're on good terms yes, in the video. Yeah, <laughs> you started from a good place. And, and as you say, the video stopped before you... Uh, actually uh, press the stop button on the camera so the video doesn't show the bit where you break up but continue cordial relation. Uh, but I'm afraid she'll be really disturbed, he says, at the prospect of herself getting it on on the internet. Well then she shouldn't allow herself to be filmed in the internet age. I have no idea if she knows this exists or if she's the one responsible. I'm terrified to even bring it up with her but also can't stop thinking about it. Helen, answer me this. What should I do? Well, you should just ask her, because at least that way, if she says, oh yeah, that was me, that's virtually all of your doubts eliminated. And then you can find out why yeah. and how. Maybe she just thought, oh, I'd like there to be some permanent and publicly accessible record of when I was young and my boobs were very aloft. Yeah. I had a very slender waist. I suppose if there is any doubt as well, because you say you don't recognise the room, although I think that could just be angle and lighting. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And a lot of rooms look different to how you remember. I mean, five years is quite a long time and it's mm. not a particularly remarkable setting from what we could see. It's got a yellow wall. And a maroon which, bedspread. Which I think uh, yellow walls in particular are walls that you could easily misremember as white. 
Yeah, good point. More so than almost any other colour, I find. Maybe you were filming yourself in a B&B or someone's house where you were just staying for the night, you filthy creatures. <laughs> in any wait case, till you were home. In any case, she can help authenticate whether it is indeed, as you suspect, you. I've never filmed myself in such a private moment. So stop Googling, everyone. You're not going to find that footage. <laughs> uh, but I assume that people who do, a lot of it is just about the fact of being filmed rather than the yeah. possibility to watch it afterwards. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, if you are worried about this happening to you listeners, film it and then just delete it straight afterwards. Which is, which is exactly what I did when I found oh! myself jacking off <laughs> when I was about 15. I got, I, got a, I got a video camera for my bar mitzvah. I mean, once you've filmed a certain amount of Christmases, really, <laughs> what else is there to do when you're 15? Yeah, and that yeah. is what they assumed you would do with it. I was, well, I was just curious curious what it would look like yeah. and then when I when mm. I found when I sated that curiosity I wish I'd never seen it <laughs> this is how I imagine really Dawson Leary would have behaved he wouldn't have made all his fake Spielberg films he would have just been uh, setting up that camera in his bedroom and then trying himself out of various well, of course, angles because at, at some point Katie Holmes is going to climb up the ladder into his room and maybe not want to talk about her feelings again yeah that's true she's climbing in through the window a lot yeah. of upskirt potential yeah. <laughs> after my commute when I find now, listeners, you may not have noticed, but there is a sporting event happening in London at the moment. Sport, sport, sport. That's the official Olympic song, isn't it? It's the Muse song. <laughs> sport. We throw things and we run sportily. Well, you look no, I'm just going to let you carry on. No, I was enjoying yeah. it. Track suits, track suits <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Who's going to win? Everyone cares. It's the sporty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sporty, sport, sport. Right. And then Dizzy Rascal comes in halfway through. Sporty, sport, 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 sport. Sport, sport. Am I crazy? No. Am I wearing trainers? Yes. That's how <laughs> it goes. Sport. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. You could have won the Mercury Prize easily, Ollie. Uh, Olympics. Let's bring this back. <laughs> oh, them. The Olympics They're is happening. happening. Yeah, they really are. Uh, and uh, we would take this opportunity to plug the fact that if you haven't heard it yet, there could be no better time. Well, I suppose the Paralympics. We might as well try plugging that one away. But anyway, for the moment, there could be no better time than to download the Answer Me This Sports Day album for only £2.49 from iTunes. It's most diverting, you know. Even if you're not that interested in sport, there are probably some things to entertain you in it. It's an hour of us talking about sport and it's stuff that we've never featured anywhere else and never will. And you're contributing to our holiday fund. Yeah. It's about as good a time to tell you that this is our penultimate episode before we go off on a month break. Yes, so enjoy every second. But that aside, I think we should talk about the Olympics more generally because, guess what? It's it's been prompting some questions in your minds. Surprising, really. Yeah. Considering it's received hardly any televisual coverage. <laughs> That's right. Uh, this first Olympic question comes from Alex from Qingjiang in China, who says, Helen, answer me this. Why, even in the London Olympics, does everything need to be said in French first when it's broadcast over the PA? Uh, so that it can all sound like when they're delivering the results at the Eurovision. Yeah, I was thinking that as well when I was hearing the dual announcements. You instantly think Eurovision yeah. at nil point. It's, it's just uh, the words Royal Muni that immediately make <laughs> you feel Eurovisional. Uh, he says, I realise that the head of the Olympic Federation is French. And also, may I say, not much of a communicator in any language. Really? I just think if you're the head of the International Olympic Committee, you should be able to talk properly in a way that looks like you're enthusiastic about sport at the very least. Um, But are they really that protective 
over their language. What, the French? Yes. <laughs> Lots of evidence to say yes. French and English are the official Olympic languages and it says in the rules that the uh, countries have to agree to before being allowed to do the Olympics that French announcements must take precedence. Uh, there are thousands of pages of these rules apparently and they're very sturdy on that matter. Does it come down to the fact that the bloke who decided to revive the Olympics in modern times was French, wasn't he, in 1896? Yeah, yeah very good, yes. Yeah, I've been yeah, to the Olympic well. exhibition in the Royal Opera House, I learned that. Yeah, I'm surprised you did the reading bits at an exhibition. It's not you, really you, your speed. You had to. They locked you in a room oh, and they move you round room from room. So once I'd walked in, checked my emails on my phone and seen the medals, I had to read the placards. Oh, dear. Yeah. Well, then you know more than me about Baron uh, Pierre de Coubertin. Yes, oh, he was he was a uh, tremendous moustache. It really was. Beautiful. <laughs> so fair enough, he's going to invent something like that that the world's going to really catch on to. You yeah. might as well say, yeah, you've got to do it in my language. Yeah, he founded the uh, International Olympics Committee. But it needs updating, doesn't it? Because A, Chinese is, or Mandarin or whatever, is more spoken than French worldwide. So is Spanish, Spanish. and Portuguese, yeah. yeah. Um, so it should be one of those languages, really, or even one of the Indian dialects. Well, the rules are French, English, and then the language of the host nation. So actually this year they managed to uh, tighten it up a bit due well, to also, English, well, English. And B, how many bloody technological sponsors do they need? Samsung, Panasonic, Acer, Amiga. Can Cisco. none of them do live translation, for God's sake? I'm sure you just choose what language you want to watch it in, don't you, rather well, than having to sit through it? Hello, Helen Molly. It's Karis from Hull. Answer me this. Why Hong Kong and China participate separately in separate teams? Again, a sort of historical reason behind this, oh, as you really? might expect. Yeah, it, because they always have. And when uh, Britain did the handover deal with China for Hong Kong, which was paced over decades, wasn't it? It was like, yeah, yeah we'll give it to you in whatever it was, 1997, and then you can phase it out, and then you'll be part of China, whatever. Always, all along, part of the contract, basically, was that if Hong Kong wanted to, mm. it could list itself separately in international events so it does wow. the Isle of Man I'm surprised doesn't have its own team <laughs> I'm not that surprised because I'm not sure what they'd qualify for Guernsey <laughs> Olympic <laughs> event in Boredom oh yeah the Cornish separatists that's going to be the next thing isn't it <laughs> but I guess I mean it would be weird wouldn't it if like East Germany and West Germany still competed yes, separately good point I mean I know they were keener to unite than the Hong Kongians yeah, were or, or if all 38 countries of pre-unification Germany competed separately mm. or before that the several hundred countries that make up modern Germany now well here's a question from Ryan from Melbourne who says Helen answer me this could the Vatican <laughs> send an Olympic team if they wanted why because they are a, a sovereign state yeah but they're a place with 800 inhabitants who what? aren't really known for their sporting <laughs> prowess <laughs> the, the Pope he's, he's more of a a sitter and a watcher isn't he and the Cardinals aren't really that lively either are they that'd be an amazingly weak team wouldn't yeah. it well, 800 people that's probably going to provide a weaker team than your average secondary school but the fact is uh, it appears that um, they don't particularly want to compete in the Olympics because to compete in the Olympics you have to have a national Olympic committee mm. they don't have one which means the international Olympics committee can't let them enter well here's another question of Olympics from Charlie from Bristol who says whilst watching the equestrian events at the Olympics I began wondering how horses are transported over such large distances from their home nations. Okay. Ollie, answer me this. Do they all get to ride in a plane together? It's the same as if you see them on the road. They're in those bespoke equestrian trailers where they don't mm. they basically can't move but mm. that's how horses like to be transported they've created special bespoke fedex planes wow. that are basically Whoa. like the horse trailers on the road that is incredible um, but they're in the but they're in the air with the hay with the water they wow. pack them into a small cardboard box and hope for the best <laughs> do they sell that size of jiffy bag i also wonder if they have special bespoke movie channels for the horses midair so they you know just showing sea biscuit and <laughs> black beauty <laughs> yeah. well listeners uh, we've just landed at the end of this episode nice and like i said 
this is our penultimate episode of the series, which means next week is our last episode of the series because that's what penultimate implies. That's right. So if you want to get a question onto the last episode of this series of Answer Me This, you must send it to us. Yes, quickly! Uh, call 0208-123-5877. Skype, answer me this. Email, answer me this podcast at googlemail.com. All the details are on our website. Answermethispodcast.com Along with Facebook, Twitter, our first 120 episodes and some words. And and our apps. Oh, God, them. Forgot about them. By the way, on our apps, you not only get a bonus little bit of material every week, but you also get free access to our best of episodes, uh, not available for free anywhere else, unless you have some illegal means, which you shouldn't, <laughs> yes, because that's our livelihood. And on that thought, listeners... Yes, we shall see you <laughs> next week. Bye! Bye.